There's a bum mark on my sofa from the last year spent at home. We watched all the TV and then we really liked to moan. So we decided to work together to share what we thought about sex scenes, drama queens and feminine discourse. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Sofa Slobs with Feminist Gobs. Um, first ever episode with me, Sophie McMillan and me, Scarlett Chappelle. If you are fed up with fuckboys, but also scared that having to socialise when we're let out in June will cut <laughs> into your Netflix time, this podcast is for you. I actually saw a TikTok the other day and I sent it to my friends because it killed me. And it's like, there's a trend at the moment where like you say something and then this really dramatic music comes in and contradicts it. And it yeah. was one going, oh, so excited to go out on the 21st of June. It was like, no, you're not. You've got anxiety. You're not going to be out. You're going to be home by midnight. And I was like... Ow. Oh my god, ow, that really hurts. Pulled out. Pulled out. <laughs> I feel like my phone's watching me and it can see how I'm reacting to life. Yeah, I know. It's like now, when it comes to June, I will choose to stay in and watch TV rather than <laughs> having to stay in and watch TV. But I'm looking forward to having that choice. Yeah, I think me too. It's nice to know I can go out when I want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So, what have you been up to this week, Scarlett? Well, after the fantastic news from Boris about this, like, Woo-hoo. plan for the future. And, and like, I'm not getting my hopes up. I know it's not going to be everything he says it's going to be. I no, know that. Too. Yeah. I'm not going to be naive here. We all know what happened at Christmas. Yes. However, it's it's that moment of hope and that moment of knowing, okay, it might not happen on the 21st of June, but it will happen. Like, it is coming. And that was a big yeah. relief. Um, I think it's knowing that there's a plan in the works, isn't it? Like, no matter how, if it takes a couple of months longer, at least we know that normality is coming and it's not going to constantly be, like, these percentage numbers or something of, like, groups. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of hope there. Like, I'm very, very hopeful. And pubs are planning to be open two days after my birthday. So yes. my birthday's lasting a week. I don't care what anyone says. Absolutely amazing. And then, after saying I'm not going to get my hopes up, my friends were like, okay, so what are we doing this summer? What are we going to do? And I've booked a Reading Festival. And Amazing. after last night, it sold out. Yeah, I'm, I saw that this yeah, morning. I'm not too sorry about that. No, that's exciting. I think it'll be amazing. Like, I think I cannot wait to be back in a crowd of, like, sweaty people and f- listening to live music. Um, Like, literally, that's probably what I'm looking forward to the most. It did make me laugh, though, like, last summer. So I'm probably, out of all my friends, my friendship group, I'm probably the most anxious. I'm just really nervous. I'm not very good in big crowds anyway. Yeah, no. So to then be in this kind of pandemic situation, I'm quite nervous. And one of them said, like, well, no, the pandemic's over when we've got Scarlet in a nightclub. I'm like, yeah! Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's true. I love that. Um, yeah. Apart from that, I've been roller skating and a guy messaged me saying, oh, can see you're improving. I was like, thanks for that. Is that like it. Is that like a chat up line? No, it felt quite condescending. Ah, uh, what a dick. Yeah, it felt very much like, oh, can see you're improving. I think he thought he was flirting. Oh, yeah. Not the vibes we we're looking for. No. Maybe I just don't like him. Maybe that, maybe he was being nice, but in my head, I'm like... I was going to say, like, guy. after that very um, dramatic text I got from you last Friday about willing to be locked in a cage... Oh, my um, God. I didn't... <laughs> I thought you'd like, be up for it. Context, context. I didn't say I wanted to be locked in a cage. <laughs> I just said if it happened... Actually, I don't know what I said. This is getting worse. To be fair, yeah. I've had a moment this week where, like, this guy's been messaging me and he's really sweet and he's really nice. And I think, like... If he messaged me last year, I'd have been like, yeah, definitely, like, relationships, you know, we're mm. all locked in, relationships seem perfect. But, like, 
hot summer is coming. Ho phase is on its way. Ho phase I, is I'm... on its way, and it's the summer I'm getting married, so I feel left yeah. out. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you're gonna have all the holiness at your wedding. Don't you worry. Thank you. So I don't want to settle down anymore. Like I feel like the whole year I've been like, oh, I really want a relationship. I want to go on holidays with guys and have somebody there. No. And now I'm like, I want to go out, meet people, and not know their name the next day. Good. You have done the relationship thing too many times. You need some time to yourself now. Yeah, and also, it's like we've all been caged in for so long. I think we all just need to go a little bit wild. Yeah, 100% agree. There's there's no rush for, you know, we'll do relationships next year. (laughs) (laughs) Relationship 2022. Yeah, I'll think about it then. Come on then, what has your week been like? My week has been probably the best week I've had in a long time, actually. Um, Celebrate that. We are getting a dog tomorrow. Oh my God. I know, I'm so excited. Tell us all about this dog. So basically, I've been trying to persuade my fiancé for you know how long, so long. And he finally agreed. And literally on Sunday, we were looking at dogs and this litter came up and it was exactly the dog we wanted. And we had a FaceTime and saw the dogs and yep, it literally happened in like an hour. We are bringing him home tomorrow. I cannot believe that he said yes. Just because just because after so long of being like, no, we have to wait till after the wedding and after the honeymoon, he's just turned around and gone, yeah, okay. Yeah, but do you know what it is? It's because he got offered a permanent contract at work. Ah, So he thing. was like, <laughs> he was like, yes, yeah, like we've got the income now. And then um, my mum was like, oh, the, our dogs are going into kennels. Your dog can come with them for the wedding. Like it's sorted. And I think we're honeymoon here in this country now anyway because of everything and we'll probably just yeah. take the dog. And yeah, he's going to be called Remus. So why uh, sad Harry Potter fan girl is showing. The Harry Potter nerd in you is just blaring out. <laughs> I know, it's really awkward, isn't it? Like I tried to keep it on the down low, but it's it's out and it's proud. Other than that, I have just been working on um peaches as per Lots of jumper orders, so I'm like drowning in sweatshirts. <laughs> there was a moment where you you did a post this week. So if anyone doesn't know, um, Sophie runs an amazing, would we call it embroidery? Yeah, an embroidery t-shirts, and I have one, and it's got the most gorgeous bee on it. She does anything you ever want. She's perfect. Thank you, guys. But you I feel like this did, is a bit of a sponsor. You did a post the other day about Mother's Day, and I was like, oh, yeah, swiping through, like, you're my cup of tea. Yeah, that's very mummy. Um, the Mother's and Day then one. the Bridget one. And then I got to the end, and it says, <laughs> I burn for you. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to buy my mum a top that says, I burn for you See, on it. See, I thought it was for, like, the geeky mums who had, like, the really awkward crush on the characters in Bridgerton. Hmm. But yeah, other than that, not very busy, just dog proof in the house and getting overexcited, really. Oh, I love it. Can't wait. Can't wait. Bring it on. Ooh. Anyway, so here we come. Feminist fail of the week. We are not perfect and our feminism can't be. So we like to talk about how we've failed. So Scarlett, what have you failed at as a feminist this week? I cried over a boy. Oh, duh, duh, yeah, duh, duh. yeah. I really didn't need to. And looking back on it, it, it wasn't that big a deal. But as said earlier, we're going to the wonderful Reading Festival, which I'm super excited about. And <laughs> my ex put in our group chat, because I kind of brought him into my friends group. So he's only really friends with my friends because of me. But, you know, of he's course. been welcomed in. He's really lovely. It's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And he just put in the group chat, oh, I'm bringing my new girlfriend. And I was like... You haven't even like like given me like a little heads up. Like I, I guess I would never do it. I wouldn't bring a new boyfriend into a, to a group where my ex is. I just yeah. I just wouldn't do it. I've got no problem with my ex. It's absolutely fine. Yeah, and so 
she's gonna come to the to the music festival with us and I just just thought I can't think of anything worse like I don't know what she's like she might get drunk she might be aggy and she might not but my head spiraled and I got really angry about it I was like kind of seeing red and I tried to talk to my friends about it and they weren't taking my side at all and I just kind of head blew up I had a big sob went and had a shower and then uh ate a big bar of chocolate <laughs> better that's got to help and today I'm fine I'm so over it like it's not gonna be a big deal she's probably really lovely but I was just like oh for god's sake you know you just don't need something yeah it's just it's like build up isn't it and because you've not been able to like get to know her because of lockdown makes it worse and music festivals are not the place to get to know a person because everyone's a hundred times more aggy and drunk yeah, and you all each have a space and nobody slept properly. Oh my god. And yeah, like we well... had full on fights when we used to go. <laughs> no, I haven't had that. I'm very good because I, I've cracked it. I've worked out how you how you get through Reading Festival and probably any other go festival. Mm-hmm. So you go to bed when you go to bed. You probably don't get a lot of sleep because of everything. And you get up early, like whenever you get up. If you're awake, just get up, you know, get yourself washed. We usually go for breakfast. We get the um, bus into town for a quid, go and have breakfast, come back. And when we come back, everyone opens a can and sits around in a circle. I open a can, lay in the sun and fall asleep for an hour. That's a good idea, actually. And, and I'm, I'm good. I, I mean, I can sleep anywhere. No matter what the noise is, I, I can pretty much sleep. So I just crash out for an hour, wake up, finish my can and go, right, we're going in. And then the day's begun. Amazing. No, literally the only time me and Tyler have nearly broken up was at Reading Festival. <laughs> So I do not have good times. And also, Tyler also punched one of our good friends at Reading Festival. We yeah. are a very aggy group. I'm glad you're not coming this year. <laughs> I know, I'm not good. I don't handle sleep deprivation. Is that the word? Sleep, being sleep deprived and alcohol do not mix well with me. In all uh, fairness, it was Tyler's fault and I'm not going to even, yeah. You know, he's not here to defend himself, so it has to be. I don't care, it is his fault. He would own up to that, I think. And the other thing is with festivals, like, it's not like, on a night out, if, if somebody's being really difficult for you, you can just take yourself out of the situation. You can wander off, you can go to something yeah. else, like, it's not a problem. But when you're on the same campsite with someone for five days, I think it's actually five nights, I think it's like six days in total. Yeah. It's a lot, like, it's a lot to spend with, with a person that might not like you, and, and she might like me, I just... So that's yeah. my feminist fail. I cried over a boy. I did speak to my friend and she was like, pull yourself together, woman. You're better than this. And I was like... <laughs> I agree. I felt like um, that moment where like Edna Mode slapping Elastigirl around the head with the newspaper, like, pull oh yourself God. together. <laughs> I was like, I needed this. I need to wake up. But, like, I don't need to cry over this. It's not a big deal. Yeah, you don't. Get over it. It's going to be fine. You're going to have an amazing time. What about you? What was your... My feminist fail this week is... Our listeners, I don't know if we even have any listeners, probably don't know, (laughs) but I actually am a bit of a jack-of-all-trades. I obviously run Peaches and Seams, but I also tutor um, in the evenings because I'm a qualified English teacher. Um, And one of my students this week was giving me serious, like, mansplainy vibes. He was being very kind of like misogynistic about me, pretty disrespectful. And I called him up about being disrespectful to me, but I didn't call him up about his kind of unfeminist vibes. And I sort of let it go because, you know, you don't want to get in a fight with your students. It's not very professional. (laughs) But then afterwards, I came up with like the perfect comeback that I could have said to him. And I'm just so annoyed because it would have put him in his place, but it wouldn't have been like an issue to say it. And I just need to keep that one in my back pocket for if it ever happens again, really. <laughs> Write that one in the little notebook, like, come yeah. back, quick, flick through. <laughs> exactly. It's hard because you don't have, like, the authority of a teacher when you're a tutor. But at the same time, I'm not going to stand for people being like that. So 
I'm really lucky that all my other pupils are absolutely gorgeous and so lovely and would never ever say anything to offend me. This guy thinks he's being funny, but it's not. Do you know what I mean? And it's, mm. uh, yeah. But anyway, that's my tale of woe. <laughs> what have we been watching this week? What have we been sat on our big fat bums watching this week? Well, you go first this time. So this week I want to talk about the amazing um, It's a Sin. Because oh, I feel like yeah. it's been the biggest, like one of the biggest cultural moments we've had for absolutely ages. And I think it needs to be talked about. And I absolutely loved it. I watched it so quickly. I regretted it. Um, And it left me in floods of tears, but I can't stop thinking about it. And I just think it's so important. It's Um, been an emotional rollercoaster watching that. Because I think I had this really weird moment there. I was watching episode one. This may contain spoilers for anyone. Oh, yeah. Big flashing sign. You should definitely watch it, but it may contain spoilers if you haven't already. But the first episode, there's this bit where they first find out about AIDS. And Mm. one of the guys, like, completely breaks the fourth wall and just talks about how it's obviously not real how can something exist that's only attacking homosexual people it can't be real and all I kept thinking about and I don't know if you had this moment as well is okay they're talking about coronavirus oh my god yeah I literally wrote that in my notes that it came out at the perfect time because obviously a lot of like hetero people wouldn't associate with the kind of um I don't know like how how like gay the gay community were looked at during the AIDS crisis um but it made it so much more poignant because they were like trapped away they didn't have like people supporting them whereas we've all had each other to support through the pandemic do you know what I mean and then also you have these naysayers who say it it doesn't actually exist and it all just felt so real coming from this time when we've lived through this it was nuts like I completely I completely felt that moment where this can't be real, like something yeah. this can't exist. But it was it was such an emotional program, and it talked a lot about losing friends. Yeah. Um, and I've really felt that I lost a friend this time last year, actually. Yeah. Um, lost a friend to cancer, which you know isn't the same thing as AIDS at all. But it was really hard to lose someone. And after watching mm. it's a sin, I kept having nightmares about my friends dying. Yeah. And it really, and it shows how something like that can really stick in your head. And I can't imagine what those people at the time went through. Like, if that was the majority of a friendship group and you just had to watch them die off, like... It's just awful, isn't it? And I think it's just like, as well, we should be so disgusted by that treatment because now we're living in this world where people are dying of something that is rifling through communities. And we would never lock people away just because they're seen as outsiders. Do you know what I mean? And the loss we feel from corona or friends that people have lost is exactly the same, isn't it? And I think we can all relate in some way or another to the characters. Like, I know for a fact when we finished the last episode, which is the most emotional thing I've watched in forever, Tyler was in floods of tears because obviously he has a lot of, like, to relate to that. And we were both just sobbing. There was just this moment where, like, you were like... I actually sat there and said to my mum, oh my God, I'm so happy they're going to go and see him. And the next scene I was like, oh my God, what? What? Like, you just got my hopes up. Like, that. oh, it's going to have a really, at least like some kind of like closure. And then I felt crushed, like physically crushed. Oh my God, I know. And then it was when um, 
his boyfriend found out and he mm. just crumpled when Ash found out and I just I was just gone and then I looked up and Tyler was sobbing and we just it was absolute mess um but I just think it's so important and I think that's why I wanted to talk about it because I did a literature degree and we did I did a whole unit on lit film and gender so we talked a lot about um HIV and the AIDS crisis and how it was presented in the media um we watched like Dallas Buyers Club and a lot of like TV um portrayals of AIDS obviously this wasn't out um then so obviously a lot of the information I kind of knew but I've been amazed on like Twitter and places like that that a lot of younger people didn't even know that this happened and how massive and what a massive impact it had on the LGBTQ community and I just think it's so important that that education is there and that people who identify with these characters are finding out about their shared history that you're not going to get in a classroom. That was what I thought I felt very angry actually and I feel this a lot about British history like when Mm. I think about what we learn I felt like I learned a lot about stuff really really a long time ago I'm talking like 1700s 1600s that's now like irrelevant but I didn't learn about the AIDS crisis I didn't learn about what we did to Ireland and the Irish war I didn't learn about a a lot about black history that doesn't just involve slavery Mm. I feel like there's so much that we don't know and I don't know who's who's actually in charge of organizing this but but can they stop (laughs) yeah can they just stop it because you're hiding history and culture and and stuff that we should be building our lives on to be better than that and learn from that and be more understanding instead of hiding parts of history away it's horrible i just think that the whole curriculum in history is not only whitewashed but it is also kind of straight washed i don't know if that's the word but obviously i'm i'm an like i said i'm an english teacher and wilfred owen is known to be gay he's a really famous poet Mm -hmm. never ever mentioned by anyone we're not meant to say it because well no one ever mentions it when they teach it and I just think that's important because it's world war one and there's this guy who was openly gay and do you know I mean we should talk about that yeah and don't get me wrong we should definitely still be learning about the world wars so we can know more and make sure that that never happens again but we shouldn't be glorifying it in the way that we do like we glorify war so much especially in history all we learn are wars yeah I think cut off any history from before the 1800s at least Mm -hmm. at least and and put it there like do a little bit of it when you're younger and you want to know about cavemen but then let's talk about history that wasn't that long ago I think that's history we need to be talking about we don't need to hide it we don't need to be ashamed of it but we need to learn from it but it's even not even like whether that comes into history or a different subject like in PSHE you should be learning about things Mm. like um different communities backgrounds and stonewall and riots and the fact that in the 80s that people weren't allowed to talk about um homosexuality in education like that only finished in like the early 90s and people are so unaware of the kind of institutionalized homophobia and it needs to be addressed sorry i'm getting on my high horse no get um, on that high horse you know i'll get you a ladder keep going thank you i just i it makes me so angry and i think you know i grew up with a gay best friend um in a community where being queer or identifying or presenting of anything other than hetero was not accepted Mm. and um i watched him go through so many difficulties and not be able to express himself fully 
that watching this brought that all back. Like, the character of Jill is so powerful. Mm. And I've written a blog about this that I just related so much to the fear that you feel when your best friends are of a minority of any kind. And while I obviously didn't have the risk of my friend sort of contracting AIDS, it's not as much of a big issue now, I still worried about him constantly and what people were saying and how people were going to treat him and would he be treated fairly. And I think it just breaks that rhetoric of women wanting to have a gay best friend as well. Because she's friends with them because she's friends with them and they're also gay. My friend was my best friend who happened to be gay. He wasn't my gay best friend. Do you know what I mean? It's not a fashion thing. There's a guy that I have that lives around the corner and I've been friends with him in uni. Like... And I was just friends with him because he was funny and brilliant and dramatic. And he's just everything that I look for in friends, like exactly what I look for in friends. I like people that are outgoing and confident. Yeah. I mean, hence, we're here right now talking to you. But I, 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 I didn't think, oh, I'm going to make him my friend because he's gay. Like, it's mental that that's even a thing. I know. And it just bothers me. And I think it's so important that that sort of presentation in um, popular culture is being addressed because it's still kind of there, isn't it? Um, less so than it was in like the early 2000s but I just think it's nice to see LGBTQ characters at the fore being these important people and then having a character like Jill who is well we never really find out what she is she's seemingly sort of hetero isn't she heteronormative but she kind of is there for them rather than her being the main protagonist and being backed up by these queer characters yeah she's the supportive character really but i think she's someone that we should all aspire to be massively in the gay community but not only in the gay community like just be kind and look out for your friends and protect your friends and i think it's it's such an important message i know i'm just not over it and anyway i just love russell t davis everything (laughs) he makes is iconic and they capture moments in history don't they because you had like years and years yes queer as folk which is now like 25 years old um that i rewatched the other day and obviously the first original comeback of doctor who and i just think he creates these tv moments that are just iconic and i think this is definitely one of those bang on there we go finishing off like Anyway, what have you been watching this week, Scarlett? I'm excited about this one. Yeah, I've been on a bit of a marathon. It's, it's been a couple of weeks, but I've, I've got to a bit of a standstill, which I'll come to in a second. I've been re-watching Star Wars. Yay! Um, I just kept thinking about it and was thinking, I'm just going to re-watch them all. They're all on Disney+, Plus, which I've yes. been obsessed with recently, because mm-hmm. I'm banging on about WandaVision every chance I can. So <laughs> That'll I thought, be another episode. I know. So I thought, in between that, I'm going to start watching Star Wars. I've done it in order though. So I did the prequel series, which you know is the Anakin yes. mm-hmm. um, Padme series. Yeah, so you watch them in actual time order. Yes, time order. Yes. So I watched those three first, and they were good. Um, oh, they're not amazing, are they? Th- no, but th- I, I think the problem is, is that the second Star Wars film, so the middle one, Attack of the Clones, mm. the storyline is great. But I think that the middle one just, it causes so many issues because oh. the scripting's really bad and it's trying to make this weird, dramatic, it's trying to love story up Star Wars and Star Wars isn't, I mean, I there's, there's love there, but 
I don't watch it because I think I want to watch Romance. some people fall in love. I watch it because I'm like, wait, blow up some galaxies. Let's I just, go. I find that Attack of the Clones so boring. I'm sorry. I just, if I could skip that one, I would. But when I'm watching them all in order, I have to watch all of them. The best bit about it is the arena scene at the yes. end. But mm-hmm. I think I only like it because they're all tied up to posts. And I'm like, ah, oh, yes, I'd like oi, that. Oi. So. Oh. You make <laughs> Maybe everything sexual I like and it. I love you, but you, I've never thought of that <laughs> until now. I watched it was like, oh, here's my moment, let's go. And then after that, I had to watch Solo which I'm a big fan of. I love that film. Yeah, people give it so much crap. Mm, I think it's really good. But I think I I really, really like Amelia Clark, the actress, yeah. and she's in it, and so that just makes me obsessed. I agree. Yeah, she is, yeah, probably the no, redeeming feature of that yeah, film. I have an obsession with her. But I think people don't like it as a Star Wars film, which I get. I can understand that. But yeah, I just but like it's it as a film. it's a spin-off, film. isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's not got to be the same as the main kind of body of Star Wars. Um, yeah. And then it was Rogue One, which Love I Rogue have to One. say is the most female-empowering, kick-ass Star Wars film I think there is. Oh, my God. It's amazing, isn't it? It's she just, just doesn't oh, take any it. shit. She's just 100% in control of the situation. And she's just, like, slamming people constantly. I know. I'm sitting here nodding and I'm realising people can't (laughs) see me nodding. But, yeah, definitely, I agree. She just won't stand for it. She's, like, she's all about what's better for the for the galaxies than than what's better for her. Because she could go hide in a ditch somewhere and she didn't want to. But she wanted to constantly find out the truth and be better. And then I watched the originals and... The classics. Oh, my God. I mean, first of all, the effects on them... I love it. When you go from Rogue One to the original. It's a jump, isn't it? And it's how they kind of follow in as well because that like scene that ends Rogue One is. Oh, it's beautiful. How it comes into the next one as well kind of follows, doesn't it? It's absolutely seamless. It's seamless, but the effects are not. Like, (laughs) yeah. No, I'm, I don't get me wrong. I'm glad they didn't try and be that bad. Oh no, literally, I agree. You, you can see them like moving, like hand moving <laughs> starships, and then making these flashes appear behind them as if it's oh. like firing. It, it's great. I'm, oh, I love I the 1970s. It. Yeah, it was brilliant. I really enjoyed it more than I would. I found that R two D two is very stupid in the originals. I think he had a bit of a glow mm. up in the prequels. He did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, because you tend to think of C-3PO as being like a bit dumb and annoying, but R2-D2 is ridiculous and he just whizzes around going, Meow! Yeah, he gets crazier yeah. in the originals. And I wonder if that's just old age, you know? Mm, he's he's yeah. an old robot by that time. Getting on. <laughs> but I did find it odd how he obviously belonged to Anakin, but mm. Darth Vader had no idea who he was. And yeah, plot holes. Yeah, it was. I think the prequels tried too hard to be clever that it then didn't make sense when you watch it in timeline order. Actually, my mum and I had a really interesting debate. I was going to bring this up to you and see what you thought. Go on. We were talking about the gold bikini. Oh my God, I was going to say we cannot do a feminist yeah. episode without talking about the gold bikini. And she said, why did Carrie Fisher do that? She didn't need to do that. This is the third film. Like, why does she bother? And I was like because it's empowering like you can't see anything you don't even like okay there's not really much going on with this material but she never flashes (laughs) her bum cheeks or anything or you know nothing comes out and i think the point of it is to show that the guy that she's in love with yeah she is powerful but you know she's she's seen as a woman and so people think that she's a slave but the guys that she actually fights with the two main characters 
don't see her that way. No. Which is why the rest of the film, she's really covered, like mm. really covered. And, and it's it, that contrast, it isn't it? Yeah. Like 100%. between what she's meant to be and what she is. I didn't see it as a bad thing at all, but my mum did. No. And my mum watched it back in the 80s and mm. and she had that opinion as, as I sat there and thought no I mean go her like absolute empowerment the I point think of it, it is... is the difference isn't it though that when it was made the male gaze would have been quite in the producers minds like oh if we put her in a bikini the men are going to love it um but now you can kind of contrast it and see that it is a statement so you can kind of see where Carrie Fisher was coming from if wanting to do it but you can also see that the producers will probably be like oh let's get her like basically naked yeah and i think that there's a friends episode that really touches on that where they're like oh the fantasy of the gold bikini i i think it has been overly sexualized and it will have done but i think there is a lot of female empowerment behind it and i think it's because it's carrie fisher as well and you know god rest her soul that she would have wanted it to be empowering she's she's not the the kind of woman yeah she would not have done that if she didn't see her own reason to be doing it 100 percent. so that was really great yeah but i did finish the originals and Mm -hmm. i got bored i didn't want to watch the new ones and i still haven't watched i still haven't watched the latest star wars film no and so that was the point of me doing this in order so i could work the way through me and yeah that's what me and my fiance done at the start of lockdown and we finished with the new one oh i I do know what you mean they've not got the same appeal like the force awakens i just find so boring and tedious I don't know I just I've watched it several times and I said to Tyler can we skip that one when we watch them again I just can't be bothered with it they're so long and and all the films are two hours each because I was getting my mum to watch a few of them with me and she was like they're two hours and I get it but I don't know I'm trying to push myself I do want to watch them like I want to finish it but I also think I really can't be fucked (laughs) I know the new one like the 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 final one is really good yeah um and i'm here for adam driver in them always and i do get that obviously ray is like quite a feminist figure and stuff but i almost feel like they're trying too hard to make her a feminist figure yeah i really struggle i think the character is so dramatic i don't really like her she's not personable she's not a proper she's like a plot device rather than a character yeah it's not like with carrie fisher she was such an important character and she she created a personality to the character. Mm, yeah, there's nothing there, is there? Yeah. But then I guess you could kind of relate Ray to Anakin. That was the point of him, wasn't he? He was the plot. Yeah, and So I technically guess. she's the plot, but while Anakin was the main character, he also wasn't the main character. There was lots of main characters. It there was other stuff going on, Yeah, it wasn't there? just about him. On the bright side, though, what I am looking forward to is Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to have <gasps> a Disney yeah. Plus tv series and mm. i can't wait i'm absolutely cannot wait for that good old Joe mcgregor oh it's gonna be so good i know so that's what i've been watching this week exciting i feel like we definitely showed our proper geekiness today star wars and harry potter being referenced in one episode you know <laughs> what we can't say much more than that on that note i think we're time to wrap up or it's yes. time to wrap up call it a day call it a day so we'll see you next week guys where we will actually be focusing on gilmore girls oh yeah we we have a lot to talk about gilmore girls wonderful we'll speak to you all soon bye